Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 30th episode of Cake and Conversation. I'm your host, as always, Jay Vite, and I want to start off by saying thank you for pressing play on this show. It, it definitely means a lot to me in every single week. As long as I keep putting these out and you guys keep listening, I think that's pretty cool. If it's your first time checking out the show, the um, idea behind it is um, each week I'll meet up with a different guest, a creative minded guest. I've had writers on, musicians, DJs, a gentleman that does custom shoes, a lady that teaches people how to make charcuterie boards. I've had bakers on. So yeah, creative minded people, I bring their favorite dessert and just give them a platform to share their stories and promote their content. It's big for me. I really, I've always liked psychology and I've always liked creativity because I'm a writer myself. And this show is a way for me to combine those two passions. If you're a returning listener, again, thank you as well for being loyal. It means a lot, even if you're just checking out 10 minutes or 15 minutes every week of the show. I appreciate it. This week's episode is a little different. It's a different format because I'm going to use it as an opportunity to cross-promote the return of my other podcast, The Astro Brat. With baseball season starting up, I've been planning on starting my Astros-related podcast again. And instead of building an audience from scratch, because I've tried that before, it's really hard, I'm hoping the word will spread faster by using my built-in, regular cake and conversation audience. If baseball isn't your thing, don't worry. Next week, I'll be back with a guest. Uh, that'll be with Nurse Emily, the oncology nurse. And I'm looking forward to that one. But yeah, this week I'm going to use it because baseball season's starting up. So I was debating on whether to do the Astro, the first one, like the Astro Brett podcast separately. Um, last time I tried that, I was literally getting tens of views per episode. I know it's a lot more niche being baseball and Astro related, but it was hard to build an audience. So I figure, yeah, let me cross promote, do this on Cake and Conversation and more people have a chance to hear it, see an idea, get an idea of what it's about. Also, while I have you here, I want to take a moment to tell everyone about my subscription service that I started using on this show a couple weeks ago. If you hate having to, because I hear this from people, they, they say the ad at the beginning is too long. Um, I know it's about two minutes and I definitely could do it. I could re-record it and make it quicker. But people were like, oh, the ad, you need to make it shorter. Well, I mean, it's easy to skip. First of all, you just skip ahead two or three minutes in the episode. But if you don't want to have to do that, or if you just want to be a financial supporter of the show, you can sign up for the ad-free versions for only a dollar a month. If you're listening to this on Spotify, there's a link posted in the show notes and the sign up is quick and easy. More importantly, it's only a dollar. Again, what's a buck? I'm working on turning this into a full-blown like professional video podcast and the studio and production team I'm looking at working with, they, they charge 500 a month. It'll give me five videos a month, the five audio recordings. They edit it all together. Uh, there's microphones, camera setup. It'll have a full-blown producer. All I get to do, all I'll have to do is the part that I love and that's sit down and meet and record with the guests. They'll handle the rest. So yeah, that's the goal now. And you know, if you want to help, it's a dollar a month. Um, to those that have already signed up, thank you. It means the world. And cool. Yeah, with that out of the way, let's dive into the preview of the Astro Brat podcast.
So we're in the first few days of March, and this time of year is always badass, especially for me and other baseball fans, because it means baseball is officially back. Spring training started. Uh, pitchers and catchers all report early to spring training, and they do that on Valentine's Day. So by middle of February, people are showing up to their teams in Arizona and Florida. It also means after a two-year absence that the Astro Brat podcast is back. On today's episode, I'm going to do a recap of what I consider to have been a relatively successful offseason for the defending champions. I'm going to touch on the departures, especially the two big ones that I'm sure you all know about, as well as cover the additions to the team that look to be, you know, they look to be the first team to repeat as World Series winners since the 2000 Yankees. No other team has done it since the 2000 Yankees. They won in 99, 2000, 98. They actually had a three-year run. Speaking of the Yankees, Altuve is still their daddy, and I'm stoked to watch the Astros break their hearts again this season. I love playing those guys uh, because we own them. So what I want to do here is break down my plans for this show this season. Um, honestly, I'd prefer a consistent co-host to, to go back and forth with and to banter with. I think those work out better for sports shows. I do cake and conversation pretty much by myself. I mean, it's me and the guest, but I'm the host, especially in the intro and the closing segments. To where this show with the Astro Brad, I'm just by myself. And I don't want it to come across as like a news sports report. You know, I want to have some banter and some personality. Anyway, it's hard to find a consistent co-host that is well-versed in a baseball nerd. But I do plan on having guests join the show here and there when schedules line up. I'll have friends join the show because I have buddies that I talk baseball with. We just... Sometimes they don't want to record or the schedules don't line up or whatever. The goal at the moment is to release new episodes on, I'd like to do Sunday evenings so I can recap the week that just happened and I can preview the upcoming week. Sundays work best because a large portion of the games that day are played at noon or one o'clock local time and they're finished by three or four in the afternoon. And a lot of the series end on Sundays, so it makes it easier for me to preview the next week's games, starting with a fresh matchup. Also, a lot of the off days for teams happen on Mondays and Thursdays throughout the season, so hopefully my show can help scratch the baseball content itch while the team is resting and or traveling. Also, I want to do, I mean, in a perfect world, I'd like to do quick daily recaps each morning going over the previous night's game. That way you don't have to worry about keeping up with any of the national shows. Like on your way to work, boom, you can check out a simple five-minute clip. You know, I'll go in and out. And that show, in theory, wouldn't have much opinion or commentary. That would be more like the little sports bulletin. If I could do those every morning. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, it's wishful thinking, but I mean, you never know. So, World Series champs last year, obviously we all know that. It was great. We honestly should have swept the Phillies. They did get two wins is what it is, you know, is the World Series. It's not just going to be not going to be a cakewalk, but they fairly dominated Philadelphia Um, during game six. Specifically, that game was in Houston, obviously. And at the time I was bartending in downtown Houston, like a street over from Main Street. And I had to work that day because the building I was in, it was like a big corporate tower. At the bottom, I was at the bar. Um, they had like a canned a canned food drive. 
because it was close to the holidays and different companies or different charities would come and they got to design their own canned goods, you know, it was like art. And so it was a competition. So judges would walk around and judge all the different designs. There was like a big Yoda built out of cans. There was a Kool-Aid man. Somebody did Toy Story. Uh, there was some other stuff too. But anyway, so yeah, I was bartending at that event and it was supposed to be from like noon to six. So I was like, cool, I'll be able to close this down and then go watch the game somewhere on TV, go to a bar or sit at my bar. Anyway, so there was enough people there by the time the game started that we just I stayed open later and served some drinks and we sat there and watched the game at work. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then towards the end, I mean, I got to have some drinks too. Once I was able to clock out, we just stayed at the bar and I went to the other side of the bar and hung out with the guests. And it was, it was amazing, especially when Tucker caught that last out, just everybody celebrating. Being in that downtown area was great because I run up the stairs, run out onto the street and people are going nuts. Like downtown, it was packed. And you, we walked down to Main Street because there's a whole bunch of bars and restaurants on Main Street. And it's just rows and rows and lines of people and traffic and everybody just high-fiving each other, honking, shouting. It, it was cool. Um, during the 2017 World Series, when we when the Astros won that, um, I didn't get to go experience that atmosphere, that downtown celebratory atmosphere afterwards. So, yeah, had a lot of fun. So, yeah, that kind of covers the World Series stuff. It, it was cool. Got a great way to start the offseason, obviously. And especially after losing to Atlanta the year before and Washington in 2019, uh, being able to get to the World Series you know, four times in six years, uh, being able to win a second one, it kind of like gives it validation. It confirms that other championship. So the first big issue with the offseason uh, was some general manager drama. James Click, um, him and the owner, Jim Crane, didn't really seem to, they didn't seem to click. <laughs> Not to use that put on purpose. Uh, they didn't seem to mesh well. Apparently, Jim Crane is a fan of a more like brash, cocky style of management to where, like uh, Jeff Luno, before we fired him, when they had Luno as the GM, he kind of had that arrogance, but it caused people to, you know, he, he earned respect from it. To where with James Click, this general manager that we've had for three seasons, he was a lot more reserved and quiet. And it just didn't mesh well with our owner's philosophy. So his contract was up and they were trying to, he wanted to stay, but they didn't necessarily want to re-sign him. He was the first GM to leave a franchise this quick in the offseason after winning a championship since 1947. Literally weeks after the World Series, like at the owner or at the owner's meetings in Vegas, they um, announced that he wasn't coming back. Um, the Jim Crane, he's considered to be a hands-on owner, and apparently an anonymous front office employee has been quoted saying that Crane seems to act like he wants to be Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's another very, obviously, a, his whole shtick is being a hands-on owner. Crane did offer Click a, a one-year contract with a slight raise, but it was widely considered to be insulting. You know, when you take into account all of Click's achievements, the whole industry, you know, when rumor got around of the contract offer, it wasn't, it, Crane offered it knowing Click would turn it down. But with every negative thing, luckily it, it, it turned into a, a positive thing for the Astros. I felt like they hired the right replacement. Dana Brown was hired to fill the general manager role on January 30th. 
And there's no doubt in my mind, this was the best possible hire the Astros could have made. He, he spent the last four seasons as a baseball executive for the Atlanta Braves. And yes, that's the same Braves that beat the Astros in the World Series in 2021. He's known throughout the industry as a guy with a sharp eye for scouting, and he's helped build the Braves into yearly contenders similar, similarly to how the Astros were built. There's through the farm system, drafting well, scouting well. There's two players in particular on the Braves. Uh, one of them got Rookie of the Year, Spencer Strider, the uh, pitcher. And there's also, I believe he's an infielder. Um, there's another there's another infield on the Bra- Braves that Dana Brown was responsible for drafting. He wasn't the GM of the Braves, but he had a lot of influence in that front office. So he just kind of has that keen eye for young talent. And I mean, that's important to how the Astros were built. And it's part of their foundation, getting guys like a Bregman, a Tucker, a Lance McCullers in the draft. You know, they drafted Correa, drafted Springer. All these guys were foundational pieces. Also the same with scouting uh, international pitchers. You know, we've been able to sign Fromber and Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy and Luis Garcia. All these guys weren't big time prospects or studs. It takes the scouting department to have a good eye to kind of find diamonds in the rough. Along with Click, there's some other departures that the Astros had this offseason. Uh, the biggest one is definitely Justin Verlander. After missing two whole seasons from Tommy John surgery and recovering from it, uh, Verlander came back last year and was as dominant almost as ever he's ever been. And especially in the last seven to eight years. I mean, he won the Cy Young. He was a free agent, um, deservedly so, wants to demand a lot of money. And the Astros feel like they have enough pitching depth now in the organization that they could afford to let Verlander walk in free agency and use all that money he would want in other areas of the team. So Verlander signed with the Mets for two years and $86 million. That is correct. $43 million a year for a 40-year-old pitcher. I mean, it is Verlander, but still, I mean, it's a risk you're taking. Yuli is Yuli Gurriel also is a free agent. He's yet to sign with anybody. He's uh, rumors have had him with the Marlins. Rumors had him with the Red Sox, and I mean the Astros had had talks with him as well. But he would have to have agreed a lower salary and be willing to pretty much be a part-time player, which he hasn't been his whole career. His career with the Astros, he's been the starting first baseman, you're penciling in every season. So. I assume with Yuli, he's going to sign on to a team for depth. Maybe when somebody gets hurt, he's maybe holding out for another. If a player does get hurt and a team has that need, they can reach out to him. But he's also, I'm guessing he's got to be, he's got to come to that point in time where he's got to realize, hey, I'm a part-time player now. And that that's hard for some of the, for an athlete's ego, especially these top of the line 1% athletes that you spend their whole life being great at the sport and all of a sudden, boom. You know, father time always catches up to you and it's, it's hard to deal with. Anyway, I can see Yuli, you know, he could go play and there, there's other leagues. I could see him going overseas if he wanted. He can go play in Japan or Korea. Um, he's from Cuba. I don't think he'd go back and play in the Cuban league. Um, he can go play in Mexico. He could sign a minor league. That's what I expect to happen. He'll probably sign a minor league contract <clears throat> uh, with a team and just have some at-bats, have a chance to be part-time and hopefully he catches on with somebody because Yuli, Yuli's always going to be in like Astro folklore, he's always going to be an Astros legend. It just is what it is. Whenever they have the reunions with the team, Yuli's always going to be invited back. He was great in the postseason last year after struggling all regular season. He had some historic moments in 2017. You know, he's been a big part of that 
the fabric, the foundation of the team with players like Bregman, players like Altuve, players like Springer. You're always going to remember Yuli's name as well. But to replace him, I, I liked the signing. It's still kind of an oldish player in terms of age. You know, he's ten, this is his 10th year in the league, but Jose Abreu, he's 35 years old, but we signed him in the offseason, and he's, um, he's a good addition to the middle of that order. He'll probably bat sixth, if I had to guess, maybe behind Kyle Tucker, but he's got some pop in his bat. And again, he, he's, not, he's not a younger guy. He's not 27, 28. You're not going to have him for 10 years, but he's definitely an improvement over Yuli. I mean, it makes our lineup stronger by him replacing Yuli. Um, so that was kind of the big offseason signing where they invested the most money was into Jose Abreu. They were also able to come to an agreement with Michael Brantley. He's returning off an injured season last year. He didn't really play the whole second half, didn't get to play in the playoffs. <coughs> but they signed him back and it, it's a low risk deal. I'm sure he'll split time again in left field with Jordan. He'll, he'll probably have some time at DH just to rest the legs and it's good to have him back in the clubhouse he's good for morale he's got that good veteran presence he's been there in the big moments with the Astros you can rely on him for good for good chemistry you know and then even if he does inevitably end up hurt again you still have him in the clubhouse you have him around to help the guys like a Chaz McCormick and a Jake Myers and a Mauricio Dubon these younger players can get wisdom there is value to having a guy like Michael Brantley in the clubhouse. We've also locked up Christian Javier long-term, signed a five-year deal, and honestly, it's pretty team-friendly on the, the total amount of the contract for a player who potentially could be his breakout season this year. I mean, honestly, last year's season, last year, was breakout for Javier, especially once he got to the playoffs in, in the World Series. We all know about the no-hitter. He was a part of both no-hitters last season. His numbers are great. This year projects to be, you know, potential ace. A potential. He's definitely going to be the number two starter behind Fromber in the rotation. So it's great to have Javier locked up for cheap, uh, relatively cheap. He's still making a shitload of money. I mean, <laughs> relatively cheap as far as the the talent that we get for him. Hopefully soon they they can work something out with Kyle Tucker and Framber Valdez. Those are two other players. It would be nice to see the Astros lock up for the next four or five years, just so it'll help keep that championship window open. Fromber is a little older for a player to be coming into free agency compared to, you know, being 24, 25. But as long as he can put up a, another consistent season this year, I mean, last year he was essentially an ace. If he can follow that up and repeat the success this year, there's no doubt in my mind the Astros will throw five years, 150 mil at him because he's just that good. He's a top-of-the-rotation anchor. He's going to throw you six, seven innings every game. Gets a lot of ground ball outs, so he's not a home run threat. So, yeah, hopefully he can he can repeat the success from last season. Tucker, I think he's due for a big year just because... So in the offseason, they've had some rule changes, and one of them was making the bases a little bigger. It used to be 15 inches in diameter, and I think they're 18 inches now. And the main reason is to help with prevent injury. Um, they tested these bases in independent leagues and some of the smaller minor leagues. And I guess over the course of this test, a couple of seasons, injuries at the bases have dropped by 13%. So it is safer. You're less likely to run into somebody on the base paths. Also, baseball 
wants to increase offense. Offense means more action, means it's more entertaining for the viewer. So by making the bases bigger, you make it more likely that a runner on a close bang bang play, now the runner has that little extra advantage to get to the base faster. Also in the last decade or so, stolen bases have really fallen. People just, teams don't steal bases as often. They didn't find it valuable to risk getting thrown out by stealing a base. Now with the bases bigger, it's a little easier um, to again, be safe on a bang bang play. So baseball wants to promote more offense, you know, more action on the bases, more exciting plays, not so much standing around. This brings me to another rule change, another big one that'll be it's interesting because, I mean, the players got to adjust to it. The fans are going to adjust to it. But they've added a pitch clock in between each pitch. Uh, instead of a batter being able to step out of the box or a pitcher just walk around, take forever, blow his nose, order food, you know, do a little dance, and then get back on the rubber and pitch. Now they have 15 seconds. Pitcher has to he gets the ball from the catcher, get back up on the mound, get the sign, throw it. Boom, 15 more seconds. Get back up on the mound, get the sign, throw it. It's speeding up the game. And I think people are going to complain. Old man yelling at clouds. Oh, they're changing the game. They're ruining the sport. Oh, you got to adapt or die. I know this. I can admit this as a, as a baseball nerd who watches a huge amount of all the games. On a Tuesday night in June, when the Astros are playing Kansas City, most people aren't really watching or you're not fully invested they play so many games there's a lot going on <clears throat> and the games are three hours that's a long time nobody wants i don't like to watch a movie for three hours we're in an add society so they've started they've had the pitch clock going in the minor leagues and independent leagues to test it out and they've done it so far in spring training the average game is somewhere down to like literally almost two and a half hours to two hours and 45 minutes so they're just chopping off 15 to 20 minutes and at the end of the day that 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 doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot. You know, when games start at 7 o'clock, now I got a chance to end up at 9.30 instead of 10. Or, heaven forbid, it goes into extra innings and you're watching baseball at, you know, midnight. I normally don't complain, but most people, <laughs> that's an issue for them. So, yeah, there's a couple of big rule changes. Oh, the, the third one that's going to have a big impact is they're banning the shift. So if you're a baseball fan... You watch a lot of the games. You would notice last year and seasons before, especially when a left-handed hitter was batting, teams would just overload the right side of the field because lefties usually pull the ball more. So in another attempt to help increase offense, baseball's implemented a rule to where all the infielders have to have two feet on the dirt when the pitch is thrown. And there has to be two players on each side of the base. So you can't just stack three guys on the right side of the field and have your second baseman playing short right field. So what baseball's hoping this will do, especially again for left-handed hitters, it'll increase the offense. A lot of these hard hit balls that should be base hits that have been caught, or a lot of these hard hit ground balls, whatever, instead of being automatic outs, you're gonna see more guys on base, which again will increase more offense. So going back into Kyle Tucker, let me tie this back into hoping Tucker has a big season this year. He's our, our fastest player right now, leads the team in steals, even though it's not like a huge amount. He led the team in steals last year. Also, strong pull left-handed hitter. I mean, he pulls to the right side, just is what it is. 
So he's going to have the opportunity now to see his on-base percentage rise. He'll see more hits fall, more more singles, more doubles in the gap that might have been caught by an infielder. Now they're going to get a chance to go through the outfield. Also, him reaching base more often means he's going to have more opportunity to steal. So I just feel like his on-base percentage is going to go up. His average is going to go up. His power is already there. He's hitting 30 home runs a year. Pencil that in. He's going to drive in 100, 110 runs a year. Pencil that in. Now you're just going to increase, you know, I don't want to like reach too far, but I could see if it's not this season, uh, maybe in the next year, two or three, Kyle Tucker really entering that MVP conversation. Because, I mean, he's a gold glove defender, too. So people can't knock him for defense. He's already won a gold glove in right field. He's got a cannon for an arm. And he's really just now coming into his prime. So expect big things from Tucker this season. I do. Also, that shift is going to help Jordan. Jordan Alvarez out. That big dude. I mean, usually, I mean, a shift doesn't bother him because he just hits it into the stands and hits a home run anyway. But any little extra advantage for a a player with his talent is going to, you're going to see some numbers increase. You're going to see Jordan, if he's healthy, uh, have a a great season, I, I assume. If he's playing every game, I mean, it's 40 home runs. Pencil him in for another 100 RBIs, another 100 runs. He doesn't slack on the batting average. He'll be in that 290, 300 range. So, yeah, the offense, like seasons before, the offense is not going to be an issue, barring injury. The offense is stacked. I know Yuli's gone. Sad to see him go. But the offense will be there. Speaking of injuries, though, I talked about that with Jordan. Um, we'll get in with him. He, start, he kind of starts spring training a little late i'm not gonna get into details of the spring training games that have happened already i'll save that for the next episode this is more of like a general preview but Jordan showed up to camp and his left hand was sore and if you remember it was his left hand last season he kept battling pretty much played through it as much as possible but was battling with left hand soreness so it's creeped up again in spring right at the beginning so he's not taking it bats with the team just gonna make sure it's fully healed and that's just gonna be a concern it is what it is i'm not too sure on the exact details. Astros are usually pretty vague with their injury information. But yeah, Jordan's a guy you're going to want to see play 140 games out of 162. You know, you want him to be in that 140 to 150 range. Of course, he's going to have off days like any other player. But yeah, we need Jordan in the lineup in that in that four hole to produce, to really complete it, to make it a, a scary and deep lineup. The only other major injury, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, Lance McCullers, Jr. He seems like every single year he's missing time for one thing or another, shoulder, elbow. The slightly good news is that I guess they did MRAs, they did MRIs in the testing, and it came back fine. There's no structural damage, but he's not going to be ready for opening day. He won't. He could have been that number two or the number three starter in the rotation, but yeah, he's, he, hopefully we'll have him middle of april early may hopefully it's not like last season if you guys remember last year it was spring training oh he's not going to be ready push it back a couple months may no he's not ready oh all-star break nope not ready he was able to make eight starts at the end of the season and pitch great and pitched well enough in the playoffs had a hiccup of a game but for the most part you know he's your number two number three number four starter and again he's hurt so i mean hell if we get 150 innings from McCullers. I'd be I'd be almost surprised at this point. It's nice to have him when he's there. You just can't count on him anymore. That does mean uh, I think we we're going to do a six-man pitching rotation. Now it's going to be a five-man. 
We saw the rookie Hunter Brown last season make his debut, and then he also helped in the playoffs. He's going to get a real, a real full shot at being a full-time starter right from the jump, especially with Verlander gone and now with Lance Hurt. Expect to see Hunter Brown. He's a young, exciting player. If you saw any of his starts last year, I mean, he reminds you of a young Verlander. He's got an electric arm. He just throws bullets, nasty curveball. So he's not going to be able to be the ace yet. I think the Astros are still going to limit his innings. You know, you'll see him going four or five innings and they'll pull him. Maybe build him up to a sixth or a seventh inning guy by the end of the season. But they're really going to nurture him, you know, because they want to make sure they don't have any injury issues with him as they do with Lance. Also, I'm not going to get into the crazy details, too, because I don't want to make this like a whole hour episode. But the World Baseball Classic is happening this year. It happens every four years, like baseball's version of the World Cup for soccer or like the Olympics. It's where the teams actually play for their countries. Um, That's beginning this weekend. So if I do, I'm going to do an episode this Sunday, and that's when I'll cover kind of the, the Astros players that are all representing their countries. There's actually a couple of them. I know Fromber, well, Fromber was going to pitch for the Dominican and the Astros didn't let him because he pitched a lot of innings last year and they want to have him healthy for this season. But I I believe there's six players. There's six Astros. I'll double check to see if anybody else has dropped out before I list the names and the countries. But I believe there's six Astros that are going to play in the World Baseball Classic. And that's just like a three-week tournament. So, you know, by the time the regular season starts, obviously the players are going to be back with their teams. I think it could be, I think it's a good thing, barring injury. You never want to see a player get hurt, especially in a tournament that's not for your main team. But because these games are going to be way more competitive than a typical spring training game, some of our players that are participating will get that early season kind of extra, extra adrenaline. You know, normally you're not, you're just going through a routine in spring training, making sure you're kind of getting ready, warmed up and loose. But playing for your country and playing in these high level tournament against the best players in the world, you're going to obviously try hard. So, yeah, we want to definitely avoid injuries, but it'll be nice to see these players play some competitive ball early on. So that should, that's going to wrap it up for this segment, just for this little preview. I just wanted to talk about the offseason, some of the departures, some of the additions. I'll definitely get more in depth. Again, I'm going to do these every Sunday. So throughout spring training, the next two or three weeks, I'll cover the full roster and go through the players that are going to make the team. I'll tell you the projected lineup, protected, projected pitching rotation. We'll cover some of the other teams in our division quickly. So you get an idea of our opponents and what to expect from them. And then before the season starts, I'll be able to give out a full prediction of how I think the season's gonna go and what players to watch out for, what milestones can be hit, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, just kind of just a little preview, a little summary episode here. And it'll be a little rough around the edges. It'll be better when I can have guests on. But thank you guys for checking this out. I really do appreciate it. I'm a baseball fan, so I'm not a baseball nerd. It's probably my biggest like passion hobby is baseball, even more so than basketball and football. So this will be fun for me. And we'll see where it goes. We'll see, see if it works out or not. Maybe I'll stop doing these if it, it takes any enjoyment out of the game or if I stress out over it. But... I could talk baseball for hours and I'm rambling now. So I'll leave you here and we'll get into the closing segment of Kicking Conversation.
All right, I made it through my first episode back talking baseball. And thank you for listening. Thank you for staying this far. If you have made it this far, you can tell the, the baseball thing is just going to be a work in progress for me. Like doing a sports show again, I said it earlier, I'd prefer a co host. So it seems like I'm doing less rambling with a co host there to bounce topics off of. But that is what it is. I wanted to get content out. It's like working out. You know, you got to keep stretching the muscles, keep using the muscles, and you build on it, and you learn, and you grow. And it's better than not doing it at the end of the day. You know, whether it sounds amateurish or it sucks or whatever, it's, you know, go do the content, put in the work, and at some point, it's going to pay off. Like I said, next week's episode will be back to a regular format. And I'll have the oncology nurse on again. I'm pretty ex- excited about that. It's my first time. It's almost like not intimidating, but yeah, I can say it kind of intimidating. So maybe I'll, I'll have some nerves. It's gotten to the point now when I interview with people, I don't feel nervous for very long. I get the butterflies real quick in and out. Boom. But this one, I'm a little more nervous, but it'll be fun. We'll have a good time, especially once I'm sitting there talking. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from her and hopefully I'm definitely going to learn a lot from her and hopefully you guys learn a lot from her next week so again thanks for checking this out the Astro Brat podcast will be on a separate feed next time and these will come out on Sundays so yeah two more days boom we'll have another episode out and you'll be able to find that just by searching the Astro Brat podcast you'll see me promoted online as well so now it's double the action not am I just promoting and shilling and advertising and just mass texting for keg and conversation. Now I'll be doing it for the Astro Brat as well. So until next week, watch some baseball, you know, sit down with a friend or some family, somebody you haven't talked to in a while, and you guys can enjoy some cake and conversation together. Take care.